Hello, hello, and welcome to Decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Taylor and Mark are back with you. And you know, there have been many weeks that Mark has been insulting me just nonstop on a loop. Like he's got ADHD and he like can't stop insulting me on a loop. But I really did miss him. Mark has dealt with a nasty round of COVID following his sister's wedding. But he's back with us now. And I really did miss you, Mark. I mean, it's sad when you're not among the land of the living. Who who keeps my pride and my self-esteem in check? And at a normal level. <laughs> I think the listeners miss me too. I, I had a couple texts saying, oh man, uh, it's just not quite as good without you and Taylor with all the fill-in. So nothing personal, Justin and Stephanie, but some some of the people miss us, I think. You can't beat the <laughs> dynamic duo. Yeah. I mean, we are the most perfect team for a reason. Um, and it's, it's good to be back. And Mark has had his uh, Chicago Cubs hat on. I think that this is maybe one of the first podcasts that you've done Cubs, except for right before we went to Chicago, without a jazz hat on are you down on the jazz or are you just liking how you look in that one because it's a great hat no i'm excited about the jazz no i just this is actually the closest thing to my uh, computer so i just threw it on to fit a podcast um and it's nice you don't have to like worry about your hair you don't have to like do, like style or anything if you wear a hat so that's the reason i usually do that and it's it it's easier to do but uh you know the playoffs are in full swing so it's exciting it's baseball related even if the cubs aren't in it um it's still uh-huh. cool to, to watch i know it's fun i know the braves had a had a tough go um, last weekend, we were flying into Detroit to visit friends, and the Braves just lost right as we got there late at night, and it was it was tough. But Blake's team, the Dodgers, also lost. So as long as we're both miserable, then I feel like that counts for for something. And Blake's um, team was way more embarrassing. They lost to a Diamondbacks team that really shouldn't even make the playoffs. At least you, lost, the Phillies are good. Like you lost to a good team. If I was Blake, I'd be embarrassed because that Diamondbacks no, team was. is not good. <laughs> He was very cranky after like four flight delays and reroutes and everything. And then to see that, uh, it was definitely not the best day, the best day of his life. And he was unhappy about that. So sorry, Blake, but (laughs) Dodgers suck. Um, (laughs) So let's let's jump into some topics today because we've got some good ones for you guys. Um, Just kind of a a spoiler alert for what we're going to talk about later in the podcast we are getting our poll results back in about 30 minutes and so if you see mark and i start twitching you'll know <laughs> that we just got the email back with our poll results and we're so excited to see this one but that's what we're going to be talking about on next week's podcast on thursday we're releasing them on thursday we're going to record it early for you guys because mark's going to be in knoxville doing some live media appearances to talk about our poll just to reinforce the fact that we are a statewide think tank we all live in nashville except ron and jackson but We are a statewide think tank. We do care about everything that's going on throughout the state. So he'll be live in Knoxville next week talking about the poll results with some of our media friends there. So if you're in Knoxville, you're not going to want to miss that. Tune in on TV and we'll be posting about it on social media too so you'll know exactly where to look. But before we get into that, um, we talk a lot about Tennessee's financial state, specifically Nashville's a lot because Nashville, they're the kings of irresponsible spending. It's just one thing after another, stadium after stadium. Memphis is riding those coattails pretty closely and spending money on stadiums. But as a state, as a whole, we're doing pretty all right. A new survey, a new study in By Truth and Accounting came out this week that put Tennessee in the top five as a sunshine state for state spending. And that really just means that we have a budget surplus per person that is in the top five. The reason that that's important is we hear a lot of talk about the national debt and how much debt each person has, and that has to be backed up by banks and government and things like that. But Tennessee as a whole actually has a surplus per citizen in their budget. And that's absolutely huge because you look at New Jersey and they are minus like $58,000 per person. They were called the sinkhole state. 
certified truth in accounting. And, you know, I, I think, and Mark, I want your take on this too, but I think it just goes to show that we're in the top five, but we're not number one yet. We're doing really well, but we can't rest on that. We've got to keep things going strong and make sure that we have policies that are important to keep our financial state the way that it has been for a long time and the way that it is. You know, we got right to work in the state constitution, which is going to draw more businesses. We don't have an income tax, which is going to draw more people, retirees, people who want to come here. You know, I was at a a conference last week and someone said, sure, you don't want to move to my state and and work here. And I said, absolutely not. Y'all got an income tax there and I ain't interested, honey. It's just a beautiful state to be, but we can't rest. There's still work to be done until we're number one. If, if you ain't first, you last. Well, uh, first of all, there's clearly no reason to ever live in New Jersey. On top of being a terrible state, they also have the worst debt. Like, like I don't understand. I, I have a bunch of family that lives in New Jersey. I don't get why they want to live there. They have some weird pride. Like, they're happy being from New Jersey. I don't know why they would be. But that sounds My gross. whole family, like, they, they love it. Yeah, but I mean, 53000 per person, they're in debt, while Tennessee is uh, it's almost 10000 surplus per, per person. And I think the interesting thing is, when you look at the other top five states in terms of surplus, a lot of that is oil money. So you yes. look at, you know, Alaska's 80000 but like, we can't compete with that. North Dakota, 47000 They 47, also have like 14 but- people that live in Alaska, so like... That's cool. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alaska, North Dakota, and Wyoming, all very small populations, all have oil. So, like, the only one that I think is really a, a peanuts to, you know, peanuts comparison is Utah, which is 12,000, which is close to us. So, I mean, I think Tennessee is doing really well. That's such a nice thing because when you know that these financial hard times are going to hit, it's going to hit. We're going to have another recession at some point if it's not happening now, that you need to have that money to, you know, take care of the things that government should be doing, you know, roads, schools, public safety, things like that. Um, and, and you just wonder, like, what's going to happen to states like Illinois, to states like New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Hawaii, when things Hawaii, go south? Because they're already, they're already in debt. I know. So bad. I mean, you saw what happened to Hawaii. I know. They had a natural disaster. I know. And basically, at, and at some <laughs> point, you know, even though Tennessee matters to us the most, it's like these other states should matter to us, too, because eventually it's going to be the federal government bailing them out, mm-hmm. which is our tax dollars going there. So, you know, I think that this is a, a really... A really important thing to say, you know, even though we're critical of Tennessee for some of their policies and, you know, obviously we're not a perfect state, like you said, and we should always be better. This is a really good thing. And, you know, we, we should really kind of tip our hat to, you know, the politicians and the governor and, you know, the past governors, Republican and Democratic legislators who have put us in this financially stable position. So thank you. You all should still be better, but we appreciate the fact that you're so much better than all these other states. Yeah, we'll applaud you today and then ask you to do something else tomorrow because that's just who we are. But today you get our applause. And I totally agree. You know, it really puts a bee in my bonnet when I think about the fact that Tennessee doesn't have a state income tax, but we're doing really, really, really well. The income taxes we pay, a lot of the taxes we pay go to the federal government, our federal taxes. And those federal taxes are going to go to bailout states that are irresponsible and don't have their financial house in order. And that really, like, pardon my French, but that really sucks. Like, that's just not cool that we're paying in a state for states that aren't prioritizing financial health. That makes me really mad. The government does not make money. I I was talking to my friend in Michigan, his dad, the other day, and he was like, I've always explained to my children, the government doesn't make money. That's your money. And I'm like, man, when I have kids, I'm going to bring out the whiteboard, draw some diagrams. Like, that ain't their money, honey. 
I would also note, this is a kind of important thing that, that you brought up, which I think is, is a point to mention, is the income tax. All of the states in the bottom five have really high income taxes. Really high. New Jersey state income tax get up to like 10% for some earners. But these are all high income tax states. And all the ones with the, you know, with in the lower ones, now I don't think any of them have no income tax, but they're all pretty low comparative. I think Utah's is 5% for everybody. Mm -hmm. And Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, either one of them is zero. I think their other ones are low. So it just shows that the places, you know, it's not this idea that you need higher taxes in order to be more fiscally sane. And in fact, it's the opposite. Because I think these states that value people and they want people to move there and they value tax dollars are also the ones that, that you know, if they value the money you're making and what you have to pay them, they're also valuing how they spend the money that, that you do give. Them. I know. So I think it kind of is the opposite of what you will hear from a lot of people in the media. I know. Just because people, you know, you'll hear politicians and stuff say, well, we don't have enough revenue. I mean, think about the 34% income tax in Nashville a couple of years ago and all the, I mean, 34% property tax and all the following ones about property taxes. We don't have enough money. We can't do this. We can't do that. It's not about having enough money. It's about where you put your money. Like I can't just go to Mark after going to shopping spree and say, I need more money from Beacon because I don't have enough money. I was irresponsible. And that's not anyone else's job than to except for mine, to make it right. And so that's what we have to remember with these states. And when they ask us for a property tax increase, we should demand to know why. Convince us why you want to raise our taxes or else, sorry, the the gravy train stops here. We're not doing that anymore. Um, let's switch gears really dramatically because this is also going to play into where our tax dollars are being spent probably in the next little while. You know, we've been sending bukus of money to Ukraine, and now there's another conflict in the Middle East. Um, everything that's going on with Israel and Hamas has been weighing so heavily on my heart and on my mind. The pictures, the videos, I I have not been able to really look at social media because there's so much that I can't see. But another reason I don't want to look at social media is because of all the bullcrap information <laughs> that's been going around that's not true that the media picks up on and puts out there as if it is true. And I'll put this disclaimer out there. If you want to have a conversation about diplomacy and things like that and and colonization and people on people's land, whatever you want to say, that's a whole separate conversation than the one we need to be having right now. Israel faced a terrorist attack. There are children and babies and women and men and innocent civilians who were treated in the most brutal way that I I can't even like physically make the words to to say what's been going on. The diplomacy conversation is a completely different one from the one we want to have right now. And the crux of why we're bringing this up is we deal a lot with the media. We look at the news to get the stories for this podcast to check our gut against what's happening and should we be messaging right now with all this going on? We don't want to seem tone deaf, whatever. And so when you look at the media, you kind of want to know what's actually going on. But when the media jumps on a story like Israel bombs hospital in Gaza and they just jump on it and run with it without even a second look, a second gut check to then find out, oh, no, that was a misfired rocket that hit the people that they're fighting on behalf of. It, it's not OK. And and I don't know if it's just the quickness of a 24 hour news cycle. Mark, I really want your thoughts. We talk about the 24-hour news cycle a lot and how they have to editorialize and and talk about things just to fill time. I don't know if it was bad intent. I don't like to question people's intent, but man, 
that was that was a disaster and the media needs to do better. That's what I'll say about that. Yeah, I mean, the New York Times needs to be um, just completely ashamed of themselves. It shouldn't even be it a does. publication anymore. This is the exact reason that you need an open and free internet where you have, you know, people on Twitter. Because without citizen journalists, you know, we would have the old guard of people telling us that Israel bombed this hospital when, in fact, it was Hamas accidentally that bombed basically a hospital parking lot, not even a hospital. Not even a hospital. Um, and it's so disgusting that you had these members of the media, and all of them, I don't agree that, I think the people who tweeted that out um, I don't agree they had good intentions. I think that they want to believe that Israel is bad and doing all these things. Um, you know, you have MSNBC anchors, you have the New York Times. Totally. And ultimately, it's so disgusting that they're somehow going with the Hamas PR machine and saying, oh, if they say it, it must be true. It's like, what are you talking about? This is a group that has just raped and killed children. You know, they, know. they beheaded they beheaded newborn Little babies. Little bitty babies. They've been, you know, they've been taking Nazis, the people who survived the Nazi invasion of Ger uh, in Germany, and they've been taking you know Holocaust survivors and killing them. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we would listen to them, and I think this is the biggest issue, where you and the media willing to kind of look at everything Israel says with a fine tooth coat because they're saying, oh, I don't know, they said that, know. which I mean, good, you, sh you should be looking at stuff. But somehow Hamas just look at is everything. just whatever they say goes. Yeah, okay. this terrorist organization that has no regard for human life, and I don't care, like, that's the whole point to anybody who's talking about this from the idea of, oh, well, Israel, Palestine, I don't care about the history. That is not important in this thing. It's a terrorist group that has raped and killed innocent children adults people that aren't even involved in this for no reason at all it is a terrorist attack it's nothing else i don't want to hear about your history lesson from 200 years ago that you're probably wrong on also and it's really showing the people who um you know have a brain and the people who are brainwashed and you see you know the members of the squad who have just been absolutely disgusting they have not even mentioned they said oh it's a both sides ceasefire it's not a both sides ceasefire it's a terrorist attack on a country. Imagine if somebody said that when 9-11 happened. It's the same idea. I know. Oh, oh, well, no, it's at both sides. And, you know, I think that, you know, we've been critical, but I think you really have to give credit to President Biden. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to give credit to the administration, which has been nothing but, you know, saying, hey, this was a terrorist attack. I don't want to hear about anything else. Israel's right to defend itself, and that's all there is to it. And other senators who, you know, generally have not, John Fetterman, there's been other senators who I generally don't um, agree with on really much like. that have come out strongly. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, it just shows how out of touch, and I keep saying this, that it's how out of touch the squad is with America at large. I know. You know, those six, seven people, they are they don't, and, and I keep saying that, they don't represent, you know, the Democratic Party either. I think that sometimes no, people I, say, yeah. oh, liberals. It's not, they are so far left, you know, I don't think they, I don't think it's fair to equate them with just kind of the left because they are so far out there, but um, it's disgusting. I'm really mad at the New York Times, and I want a full apology. I'm really mad at these Congress people, including Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, who have taken this fake story and ran with it because they want it to be true. That's all it is. They want to believe Hollis, and they want it to be Israel's fault, everything. And anything that you know, flies in the face of that, they don't like. So I'm disgusted with them. I'm disgusted with some of this, and I, I hate using this, the fake news media. And with anything that happens in war, please double or triple check your source before you're reporting it. Taking Hamas's word for it is not good enough for anybody. So please stop. Well, I think we all saw the video that circulated on social media, if you didn't see it live on the news. I don't know if it was on MSNBC or CNN, but they were talking to the spokesperson for Hamas. And he said not a single civilian was killed during their attack. And even the anchor was like, are you kidding? 
That is so not even true. And listen, this is a very nuanced fight. I took an entire semester class in college about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Everything about it is so nuanced. It's been going on since the beginning of time. It's literally a biblical fight between the two groups of people. So educate yourself on it. Educate yourself on the history of it, what's going on about it. But that's what I think about these news sources and Congress people who are getting it wrong is they want to believe it's true. They don't bother to take the time to learn about what's going on, sympathize with people on both sides, sympathize with the victims, the civilian victims. And and just if you don't know what's going on and you don't have the right facts and stay out of it, like don't don't bother with it if you don't know what's going on. Um, it just it's really devastating and disheartening and really gross when people are sympathizing with a terrorist group like that's gross there those people also what let's stop interviewing Hamas spokespeople let's do that i I mean why are we interviewing i mean mean, do that why are we interviewing terrorist groups and it's like i agree they have a good opinion too like and i understand that they are and and i also would say it's not the pale people aren't wrongly saying that they represent the palestinian people right the palestinian people don't even like hamas no, they, they got less them. than 50% years ago, and that was when they were in, like, complete chaos of the country. It's like, so I think we have to do this, but we have to, we can separate the Palestinian people from Hamas, even though Hamas is the ruling government. It's because they took over. It's not because, uh, and I don't want to hear what they have to say. I don't care about don't care. Hamas. They are a terrorist group, and they have lied about everything because they're, they're going on this whole PR campaign, and it's ridiculous. You, well, I think you know, by PR, should... you mean a propaganda campaign because that's what this well, yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yep, a propaganda campaign. So stop listening. Stop putting them on TV. And, you know, you should check all the sources. Hamas is not truthful about anything. They're bad. That's why stop. I said check the sources. <laughs> they are bad. They're bad. Like, if you <laughs> actually do research and read about what's going on, you will find that Hamas is nothing but a propaganda machine of liars and terrorists like that's just what they are i took i also took a class in college called terrorism and you know what's one of the terrorist groups we talked about we talked about hamas they are terrorists they have been for a long time this was in 2013 they're terrorists since when do we listen to terrorists we don't we don't they're not a reputable source i'm sorry it makes me so mad i'm like getting sweaty right now and and let me applaud capitalism you know people like john (laughs) huntsman and people, you know, people all across had stopped giving money to Harvard. They stopped giving money to Penn because they refused to say anything about the attack. That was, you know, until they lost money. Harvard came out after a bunch of the people stopped giving the money and say, oh, that was a terrorist attack. We're sorry we didn't say it. But good for people putting their money where their mouth is and saying, you know what? If you're going to side with terrorists, essentially, I'm not giving you money to my, my alma mater. I don't care. Once again, the gravy, the gravy if, train stops here. Like, once again, we're done. People are done. But good. And, and you know, and all those people, and I mixed feelings about this but all those people who are you know on these campuses basically applauding terrorism not good not good and it makes me really think about where our education system is right now and it really makes me scared for our future and again i don't you can have different opinions on the the historical conflict i get that anything other than full condemnation of this terrorist attack is disgusting and you're a bad person and Mark says it best. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. It It is what it is. And it's terrorism. Call it what it is. And I don't know how people sleep at night saying like, well, it was justified. It wasn't. It never will be. It's never justified. Period. End of story. Don't want to hear anything else about it. Um, Before I get like too mad, like my face is literally red right now. Um, Let's switch gears again. I kind of spoiler alerted you guys. 
at the beginning of the podcast about our poll. We are getting our results shortly. I keep seeing new emails pop up in my inbox. I'm like, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? It's not it. We don't have the results back yet. But one of the things we really wanted to make sure we did this when we were creating the poll, we wanted to make sure that we not only asked questions that people politically thought were interesting, but more human interest and cultural questions that people might think are interesting. And this question kind of stemmed from a few things. I'd like to think it stemmed a lot from this podcast and how Mark always tells me that I'm obnoxious and horrible when I say Roll Tide as punctuation for sentences. Like, how are you doing Roll Tide? Like, it's punctuation. Um, and so we asked Tennessee vote likely voters in Tennessee um, what was the most obnoxious SEC fan base. Now, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, mostly because I don't know the final result. But I have a feeling that they're going to make me cry. I'm just going to say it. Like, I think that this is this timing of this poll. Mark did the timing of the poll simply to hurt me because Alabama is playing Tennessee this weekend. And I think that Mark put the poll in the field at a specific time when all of the Alabama hate is being fueled by Tennessee. I know that that's probably not it, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um but I, I really am excited for people to see these results. And I'm really excited for hopefully my fellow Alabama fans living in Orange Country to come to my support in the comments when we post the results of this, because I think I'm going to be hurt. Yeah, let's just say uh, I won't give away any results, but uh, I'm not the only one who finds Alabama fans annoying. I can tell you that uh, according to some of the polls. <laughs> um, so it, it is a, it's an interesting poll. And I, honestly, I wish I, I thought of it to release the Alabama game. That was just pure luck that it's going to come out the I week know, after the Alabama game. It was. Um, but no, it's a fun. And this poll is really cool. We asked a lot of cool sports questions. So we asked, you know, favorite SEC team too, which I think Alabama's going to be in the top three or four of. Thank God. Um, but we asked a lot of fun questions that really, like you said, it, it kind of is the you know, the apex of culture, but also politics and policy. Like yeah. we're asking about stadium subsidies, for example, what people think of that. We're asking about that. We're asking about NIL, which is, you know, whether college pay players should get paid or not. And then, you know, we also have other questions. We have some really, really interesting. I I've only seen a couple of the results because we're waiting for the full file from Randy. But some of the election results are, I think, pretty close to shocking. Spicy. Um, and, and, you know, Very without spicy. giving too much away, there is going to be a potential really big third-party spoiler uh, in the presidential election, potentially. Um, and an interesting twist in the Senate race that I don't think a lot of us saw coming. I might have saw it coming a little bit, but not to the extent that that we've seen it. So I didn't see it coming results... at all. I, to, to piggyback on what yeah. Mark said, I, we're going to talk about this fully in depth next week. I didn't see it coming at all. But the more I think about it, I've got takes on it and we're going to talk about it because there are some things that maybe make sense in it that we can unpack and I'll share all of my theories um, next week. But it it might shock you. But then the more you think about it and ruminate on it, it might make a little sense. But we're just excited to share this poll with you. I loved the last poll because I am an education girl. I'm an education voter. But this poll, we're going to be talking about healthcare and sports. And all kinds of really interesting things that I'm really excited for people to see and and read about because this is this is a really good one. And I'm I'm actually maybe most excited. I, I haven't seen it yet, but whether people believe there should be a maximum age limit for the presidency, I think that is such an interesting, you know, thing because we keep talking about Everyone's this. I think we asked it. if 75, if that if if at 75 years old, you know, that should be too old to be president. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't don't realize this, but like both of the 
presidential campaigns and the most likely candidates for their individual parties are over 75 years old. So it'll be really, really interesting to see how that turns out because it's kind of like what you see from national polling. It's like, oh, 80% of people don't think anybody over 75 should be president. And then you look at the primary, it's like 80% for Trump, 80% for Biden, where like they have younger options. And they've chosen, and they've chosen so take it'll them. be interesting to see what that looks like. Oh, I'm so pumped. I cannot wait for that one. Um, we don't want to spoil anything else. We haven't given any spoilers. I'm really proud of us for not giving spoilers so far. But um, we're not going to spoil anything. But you're going to want to listen next week because we're going to unpack all of this stuff for you um, on next Thursday. We're going to release this puppy and you can listen to this and you'll be able to check it out on our website, too. That'll be a fun one. Um, before we go. This morning, my roommate sent me a, an Instagram post about how people who put up their holiday decorations earlier live a happier life. They have more happiness and joy in their lives. And I am, I like to fancy myself as the Grinch post heart growing. Um, I think the Grinch has a really fun, cool personality where he just kind of wants to be alone and not let anyone bother him, which I love. But I also love Christmas. And the whole help me, I'm feeling thing. It's like it personifies me. I want to put up our Christmas tree on November 1st. Um, I actually kind of want to put it up this weekend, but I, that might be a hot take. I'm ready. I'm fully ready. Once the temperature get like once I can wear a sweater comfortably, it's Christmas. Like, I'm so sorry. Thanksgiving. I will eat your food. I will drink your wine. I will be there. I will watch your parade. It is Christmas. It is officially Christmas. The temperature was 40 degrees yesterday morning. That is Christmas weather. And that, call it girl math, call it Grinch with his heart grown. Like, I don't know. Temperature drops below 60, it is Christmas. And them's the rules. And Mark, I just want to know if you agree or if you're going to absolutely roast me over and open fire like a chestnut. Wow, it's Christmas <laughs> for this. <laughs> well, I think that the answer, in my opinion, is, and I think it's weird that we're on the same page because I don't, I think November 1st, November 1st is it's Christmas. The that Christmas is, it's after, I don't. I just don't view Thanksgiving as much of a holiday. I get it. I know it's historical. It's like it's like a minor. I feel like I think of Thanksgiving like I think of Flag Day. Like yes, it's on the calendar. I get it. It's something that you do with family, sure. time, but it's not important. It's like it is Christmas. Well, season it's the pregame. Now, that's Thanksgiving is the, the pregame for the yeah. party. Like like Thanksgiving walks so Christmas can run. Thanksgiving is the pregame for the party. Like we're gearing right. up. We're stretching our stomachs for Christmas. When it comes to Thanksgiving and then in January we go back to like we need like wheatgrass shots and stuff to really shrink back down to normal size. But like Thanksgiving is the pregame for the party. Like I'm for it. And I'm, I'm going to make this a little bit more um, deep, I think, and, and, and that the idea is that you said people are happier who put their Christmas lights up early. That's correct? what the study said. Yeah. That that makes so much sense to me, though, because it's not, I think, about the Christmas trees, but it's about, you know, people who don't necessarily go with cultural norms. So, you know, I want to do what makes me happy. I don't care what the culture says. Yes. I don't care if I keep my lights up because, like, I do believe that. I think people who kind of go to their own whatever, the beat of their own drum are happier. People do what they want. It's like, oh, you know what? I can so eat a true. pizza at 10 a.m. It's fine. Like, I can do that just because you don't want to do that. It doesn't mean like that's fine. That, that can be a cultural thing. But. I think people who just do what they, you know, what they want are happier and don't listen to what society says is the norm for things. That's so true. Mark, I, I've texted you a few times at 10 a.m. and said, I'm having some 10 a.m. pasta. Leave me alone. And I think that I have a very happy life. I'm very content with who I am and the choices that I make. 
And if that means eating pasta at 10 a.m., then it means pasta at 10 a.m. If that means putting up my Christmas tree on October, whatever Saturday is, the 21st, that means putting up my Christmas tree on October 21st. And that's just showbiz, baby. I need to live my life. And if someone doesn't like it, then you're still invited to my Christmas party, but we don't have any negativity here. Sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, and if that means liking the jazz, then I'm sort of, that's the point is it doesn't matter. It's like people doing stuff they like to do. And like, I, you know, I think that we're both the same. Like I do weird stuff. You know, I, I'm you a know, freak. Everyone, like, I'm I super it was, weird. I like, I like Clay Aiken. Everyone's like, oh, that's so weird. He sucks. And like, I like, you know, movies that other people don't like. Like, it's just, it's just stuff that makes you happy. So I think that all makes sense. And truthfully, you know, I think Christmas is the holiday season is, is a time that people should be happy. So I think celebrating it longer is going to make you happier. That's my opinion. I think it's awesome, um, and we're on the same page on this And one. we all get stressed about all the Christmas parties we have to go to and how December is so busy. Stretch out the parties. Have a Christmas party on Halloween. Have a Christmas party the first weekend in November. Have a <laughs> Christmas party every weekend in November, and that way everybody gets to celebrate Christmas all the time. I think that this is a perfect plan, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So if you want to put up- I think, I think you're more popular than me. I don't get invited to that many Christmas parties. Oh. I think I have like two a year. Well, I think you just have more friends. <laughs> is that entirely surprising? I think not. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but we're going to leave it at that before my self-esteem really reaches the bottom of the barrel. But if you're putting up your Christmas tree this weekend, uh, send me a pic and I'll send you a pic of mine because I think that's what's about to happen. This is in decaf, a production of the Beacon Center of Tennessee. We're so thankful that you joined us. Stay tuned for next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, again, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, you should subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Always thankful for our faithful audience. And we'll see you next week. Hey!